everybody. Welcome back to the Like Up Podcast. It's me, Mary Hannah. Me, Aisha. And me, Wanipa. We are back after a few weeks away, but we are so grateful to you all for keeping up with us and uh, responding to our Instagram polls and all the rest of it. Um, We are excited to get back and sort of talk about the things y'all wanted to hear. Um, But before that, we're going to have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for bringing us here again. We thank you for another time where we can discuss the topic that you have laid into the hearts of our listeners. Dear Lord, we pray that you just give us wisdom in these very sensitive and personal topics. Lord, we pray that you just give us direction and give us wisdom to be able to properly address them and to say your word instead of our words. And Lord, we pray that you give our listeners listening ears as well so that they can fully receive um, what you want to say in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you speak through us in every aspect and that you shine your light through us in our normal day-to-day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So guys, for today's icebreaker, I just was on TikTok and I saw this. <laughs> made me laugh. Um, let's do for ourselves, I'm a 10 bar and an insert, semi-problematic, it-worthy characteristic. I'm going to go first because I know myself. Hashtag Lord deliver me, but she's a 10, but she falls in love three times per day. Mm. That's genuinely mm. my biggest flaw. Why do you find three people to fall in right. love? Right. Girl, <laughs> in this rugged dunya that we call London, there are some beautiful men. It's when I now open my eyes to the character, <laughs> shine my eyes to, to the propensity of these men that the love dies. But that's also my second she's a 10 but she's a 10 but she catches the ick very quickly so y'all Monica, can just see your, how my love what, life goes i actually i know i know Winifa's worst ick what's i know that ick? one the worst situation that she's ever called the ick i think is a fortnight one i think that might be the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to wait i don't want to oh, give that scenario just in case <laughs> I will just say, like, if you ever feel spirit-led to enter my DM, please just make sure spelling and grammar is at an appropriate level. Please just make sure that the cognitive functions are cognitive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, my cheeks hurt. (laughs) What's you guys? I've exposed myself now. Uh, Mine is, I'm a 10, but I can, like, sleep anytime anywhere and like just kind of go off the grid um i don't think it's a bad thing it's just like yeah i feel like it could get bad like if i stop working from home because i don't work from home now like a cheeky 30 minutes will be like i have a meeting in 15 minutes and my preparation is is null so let's uh (laughs) let's get that together but yeah i can nap anytime anywhere and i'll just be like yeah like it was my birthday this year and I had some stuff planned, but in between like the stuff I was doing that day, I was just like, sorry, sorry guys, I just have to have a nap. And so I just went to my bed and I literally just slept for like 30 minutes and everybody was like, okay. And I was like, don't, don't worry. It's okay. It just, right, right. Aw, thanks for sharing girls. I have one. Okay, you guys go. <laughs> I'm a 10, but if I don't reply straight away, you'll get a reply after four months. 
I'm sorry to that man. <laughs> she said sorry to that man, wherever he is right now. Thoughts and prayers are gone up. <laughs> Today we are talking about all things to do with relationships, sex, desire, intimacy, love, all them type of things. <laughs> Yes. I waited for Christian growth and development. <laughs> <laughs> there are two types of people. <laughs> no, no judgment, guys. This is a, a safe space. We appreciate y'all. Really? Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> okay, y'all will get that next time then. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm going to start by reading out this one because in some ways I feel like this is one of the easier ones to tackle. Is it? Actually, I'm definitely going to eat my words because this topic is actually very difficult. In fact, it says, hello, my question is related to my current relationship with my boyfriend. I've been dating my boyfriend for two years now, but I struggle with our longevity because he's not particularly religious. I grew up in the church and I'm starting to get back into my relationship with God, but I wonder if he looks down on me because I'm dating a non-believer my boyfriend is supportive of my spiritual journey and even encourages me to align myself with my faith but i wonder if that is enough i also just wanted to say i appreciate this podcast so much you guys are always talking about how god finds you in multiple different avenues and you guys are what led me back to my faith i'm eternally grateful oh god bless you thank you so much so guys what are your thoughts that's a difficult one Two years. Um, it is. I just start with it's like what's coming off my head. Like the Bible says, I do not be unequally yoked. And I think a lot of people interpret that, especially towards relationships. And I think just in terms of, I don't know, I think longevity is the thing. Because I feel like it won't be a problem for the present but like the future when you start thinking of kids so I get my kids to church and it's like is he like an atheist atheist like hates God or is he like I don't know is he just like not a child yeah I don't know it can be quite difficult because you do want to grow in the same direction as someone and Mm. even like just the little things of like oh if I have an exam if I have a job interview like will my husband be like all the best, good luck, or will you like, be speaking prayers over me type of thing, so I don't know. Mm. It's difficult because it's very scarce out here and I have seen proof <laughs> I've seen proof that emphasis you can date to convert, but not saying that it works every time, but but I would, I would recommend a but <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes it happens that people get there to God. Mm. But I also feel like it can be a lot of pressure to think that it's your job to convert your boyfriend type of thing. Mm. This topic hits a little bit dangerously close to home because you guys would think I was clowning if I told you how many of my situationships ended this year because of this particular reason. Um, And 
I wasn't in them for two years, but I understand the depth of feeling that goes into making the type of decision to potentially end a relationship, which in for all other intents and purposes is really, really good. Um, I'm not saying that you guys should break up. I'm not saying you should stay together. I think that we're, we'll all agree that we're not in the position to tell you what to do. You really need to take this one directly to God. But I will just say from my experience, like we've said many times on this podcast, it's easier to be drawn than to draw. And I think especially as you mentioned that you've just started getting back into your faith, you're in a particularly sensitive point in your journey where I think that, I don't mean to sound scary, but it's like the devil don't want you to draw closer to God. And I think it's times like these where you can be most vulnerable. And I'm not saying that like, your boyfriend is going to be used as some ploy i'm just saying like it's a time where it's it's when when you're first getting into the faith it's so easy to just fall off it's so easy to be distracted it's so easy to just think oh, i can't lie this thing is long let me just go back to my old ways because you're not that deep into it and so i think really think about how all the pieces of your life are fitting together right now and whether that's in general encouraging you towards god or away from him like mm-hmm. what's the trajectory um the other thing i will say is there have been times where there's been like a really good guy and i've been complaining to my friends like oh guys like everything was perfect but he's not christian and like even when i'm tempted to go there the shout out to my friends rudo and jen in particular like their words resonate with me so much like they always just say to me girl like we know you you're not the sort of person who just like will be able to date somebody who doesn't encourage you in the word or speak life over you because if I think about the times when I'm trying to comfort my friends when they're going through something or if I'm trying to like show my gratitude or something like it will always be you know god bless you know god is in control quoting scripture and it's like how would I feel if I felt that I didn't have that same encouragement back and I think as well this is the last thing I'm gonna say but I think we talk a lot on this podcast about um your faith not just being about the big decisions, but it's about the little mundane everyday things and how your understanding of who God is shapes your life from the clothes that you wear, the things that you buy, the food that you eat, you know, your whole lifestyle. And I think I've come to the place where for me personally, I can't date somebody who's not Christian because if you don't understand that aspect of me, so many things I am I do, so many things about who I am are going to be without context and I don't feel like you'll fully understand the depth of who I am because ultimately God lives in me and I in him and that's like the basis or I try to make it the basis of everything I do. Um, I know that sounded a bit like a lecture and a scolding and trust me girl I've never been in a relationship for two years I've never been in a relationship period so I'm not gonna tell you what you should do because I understand that that is deeper than I can even fathom but I think these are genuine things to to consider I agree I think the only thing I wanted to add is what the girl said to what the girl said is the part of your question that stood out to me is when, when you said um uh my boyfriend is supportive of my spiritual journey and even encourages me to align myself with my faith but i wonder if that is enough i think the idea of enough or sufficiency is really interesting especially when you're thinking Mm. about like uh an intimate relationship with someone not necessarily physically intimate but emotionally so um and i think it's up to you to decide at this point of your life like whether you want 
whether you're at the point in your faith where you want to just do what's enough or like whether you want to feel like if you're getting to the point where you're like you want to be fully surrendered and i feel like right. me posing that wow. sounds like an ultimatum and i don't want it to sound like an ultimatum um, an ultimatum um but mm. it's sort of like a lot of us i say us in like the really wide sense like christians worldwide probably do a lot of do have some parts of our lives where we're like we know we could be more surrendered but we're just wow. doing enough with God. But I think when wow. it comes to something as close as like your partner, we always say this on the podcast. We probably said this two years ago when we first started. Like your relationship, the spiritual validity of your relationship is not, is not the reason that you want your relationship to, um, is not the problem you want to have. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Like let every other thing be an issue. Like you guys have really busy schedules or someone wants to live in this country or wants to move or you know families are a bit different cultures different families you know things that can be to an extent that can wow. find natural compromise but your faith and your eternal destination i don't think is a compromise you want to make mm-hmm. and as i said i think even beyond that as you mentioned longevity i think faith as well as both of the girls said it's more than just like oh i go to church on sundays of course you know this or i do bible plans or you know i have people pray for me it's really practical things like your finances and your morals Mm. like if you're someone who believes in tithing when you guys live your life together how does your partner would your partner potentially feel about 10 percent or on 10 percent of your personal earnings going somewhere that they don't necessarily frequent or believe in like it's one thing to be a charitable person but another thing to have was essentially a direct deposit going into an organization that your partner doesn't believe in and how would you feel likewise if you were on the receiving end of that i think Mm. things like that and how they feel like just various moral questions that don't really come to play until a bit later in life and even just how they feel about like forgiveness different things that's not to pit them as a bad person and as christians as saints because we all know plenty of christians who it seems like they do when the opposite of the lord's work you know and many people who are not christians who are doing much more for um doing who live much more like jesus than some people who say that they are christians (laughs) do but i think as both both of the girls said it's just important to keep in mind like the longevity who you want to be and also like just the way that your relationship with god is forming and if you want it to be based on the basis of it being enough i totally get what it means to like be in a situation not necessarily relationally but be in a situation where you're just like you know what god like it's enough like let's just wrap it up you know like Mm. it's all right i'll get by you'll survive i'll survive do you know what i mean but at the end of the day i don't think i don't know i know for me personally like when when push comes to shove when i'm having my quiet moment with god when like it's just to be alone in my room at the end of the night or at the end of a week i'm like i I know i don't want to just get by with god i don't want to just be like Mm, I did just enough you know I don't want to get to heaven and be like I did just enough even my Mm. pastor day was like we only have one shot at this I think I forget that often like this is it there will never be another what day is it October 2nd 2022 again in my life like this is this life that we have this is it's one and so when I get to heaven Mm. I want God to be like oh you yeah God like I stewarded what I had yeah I stewarded what I had well I didn't like just sort of half-ass God because oh sorry somebody (laughs) said we were cursing on our podcast I I I did want to do my relationship excuse me yes yes half-heartedly sorry excuse me guys the Lord is still working on me yeah MH that was a beautiful word Mm -hmm. this idea of like what's sufficient what's enough that touched me so much wow wow mm-hmm. it's touching me too girl <laughs> we stay prayed up <laughs> is that a summer walker song 
Is it? I don't listen to Summer Walker. Can well, you elaborate? We'll get <laughs> <laughs> to that question in a second. <laughs> thank you for asking that question, Winifa. And thank you to the person who sent that in. I'm really yeah, hoping that helps. Honestly, mm-hmm. God bless you. Like, I hope you good, sis. Right. What's the next question? Next cue. It is a Summer Walker song, actually. Sorry, I just had to check. <laughs> I can ask the next one. I will do... This one is a bit more lighthearted, but I think it's really important. Uh-huh. Um, someone just asked, can you guys talk about how you do with periods? I know it's not exactly Christian-oriented, but I really see a Christian girls talk about this. I feel like my PMS symptoms are magnified now, and they make me and they make me feel so incredibly depressed and angry. What's a godly way to handle this? I can start. I think... First, I think it's really beautiful that... Um, your relationship with God allows you to think about yourself and your body in this way. I, me personally, mm. like I read this question and I was, I'd never, I mean, my PMS symptoms aren't too crazy. I have cramps, but that's pretty much it. Or I'm like really emotional, but I'm a crybaby in any case. But I don't have like this sort of necessarily emotional sort of PMS symptom that I can really notice um, affects my mood or my attitude to like my life or to others. So I think it's really beautiful. Um, and you should feel very like content and proud of yourself for like bringing God into that because I think that's an area a lot right. of people wouldn't. Um, on that note, however, I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the sort of clinical. I don't have the clinical expertise. That's more I as a, that's her <laughs> area. But okay. I think, right? I think for me, when I read this question and thought about it a little bit, the only advice I can offer, I think, is like, so you've identified. I won't call it an issue. You've identified a pattern. So what are some safety measures that you can put in place to help you and help the people who live around you? So if it's right. just like you realize that, I forgot that she said she was really angry. Yeah, depressed and angry. So if you realize that you are get like really low in mood depression or have depressive episodes near your period or around your period, you know, pre-period, whatever the sort of 10 day, two week time frame is, Think about the things that you enjoy on a day-to-day basis, the things that bring you joy. If you love to go to the spa, then spa trips. If you like cinema, like whatever you like to do. I've had to do that for myself for things that were not necessarily like clinical, but like just when I realized that certain times of the year or around certain events, I became really, really sad or had depressive episodes. I made a list of literally 12 things that made me really, really happy. And it ranged Mm -hmm. from things to like having a really good meal or like FaceTiming my sister or like looking through pictures from like, sit form all the way to like my current period or like getting my nails done so I just had a bunch of different things that were like free expensive stuff like that and I put that put those as safety measures so that when I entered so-called like depressive state I was really low in mood I had some things to go to that helped me because when you're in it I think it's so difficult to try to look for something to cheer you up like what's going to make you happy right now whereas if you know that you have sort of like coping mechanisms in place I think that would help like if you have the finance to be able to do something really nice for yourself like a spa day like if you know that second day of your period or like the week before your period is when things really go downhill plan something every day whether it's like a face time with your best friend a movie trip you're gonna have a take out like do something that makes like your actual mood manageable and then when it comes to like anger and the more i guess non-physical aspect of it i think prayer is really important Mm. Um, always just bringing it to God but also like having grace for yourself and like if you realize it's impacting your relationships with other people whether you're in a romantic relationship or not or just like your flatmates your family your friends whatever I think it's okay I mean within your own personal boundaries to be like not gonna lie PMS can be kind of taking me out sometimes so please 
send a little bit of grace. I'm going to try my best. Mm. The Lord is working on me to be like, not as snappy, but if I snap, please understand why. <laughs> I love you, but it's just like my body kind of, my hormones doing their own thing. Mm. You know, and I think like if they love you, that's if one of my best friends told me that, I'd be like, oh, babe, don't even worry. I'll send you chocolate like every day. Like, don't worry <laughs> about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So th- mm. those are my two cents. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, just to kind of reemphasize some of the stuff MH said, because I think she summed that up very beautifully. I just think, um, just keep in mind, and to be honest, from the fact that you sent this question, I get this vibe anyway from you, but like, there's no area of your life that you can't invite God into. Um, I think just remembering like God cares about like, like I said earlier, the big things as well as the mundane things, you might think, oh, it's just a period, this is just something that happens to my body. But like, I think understanding that God is intimately interested and invested in every part of your life that you choose to invite him into. And like, um, this is kind of broader than just this question, but this um, chapter is one of my favorite in the whole Bible. And it's Psalms 139. It's really long and I would encourage you to read it. But Um, it begins by saying you searched me lord and you know me you know when i sit and when i rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down you're familiar with all my way all my ways sorry before word is on my tongue lord you know it completely and i think that just like remembering that we have the kind of father that knows exactly how you're feeling at your angriest most deepest pms moment and knows how you feel at your most joyful and is with you through all of those things and wants to be invited to all of those moments. Um, The other thing I would say is, and obviously like I can't really speak on the depression aspect of it, like especially if that is something that's kind of like clinical and like we've said on this podcast before, like don't let anybody tell you that therapy is ungodly. If, If you feel like you do need to speak to somebody and it's to that level, like please do. Um, But I think there's something to be said about how we handle our emotions not just as christians but as people in general who interact with other people Mm -hmm. and i think there's one thing to acknowledge your emotions and understand them and and process them and deal with them and it's another thing to kind of be overcome by them or to let them like rule you i think and Mm -hmm. so i think it's probably a good idea at a time when you're not actually dealing with the pms symptoms like mh said to think about not just practical ways you can um make yourself joyful but also practical ways that you can try to channel your more negative emotions so that they don't kind of Mm -hmm. spill out in a way that is destructive Mm -hmm. because i think everybody gets moody at times but i think you can always notice the difference between somebody when it's kind of like they're down and you can feel like they're just down in themselves and someone else who is kind of like it's down and it's gonna rain for everybody else as well and it's i think it's about trying to contain that rain a little bit so that it doesn't impact Mm -hmm. yourself and others too negatively Mm -hmm. i have nothing to add i think everything's been said (laughs) just that god is the god of the big things and the little things they don't ever feel afraid to even just like to ask for his help and that time or to give or to ask him to give you like a sense of peace or renewed mind. Um, yeah, there's nothing that he doesn't care about. Yeah. 
Amen. Thanks. So our next set of questions are under the lens, I guess, of desire and intimacy. So there are three questions and I'll ask all of them and then we'll just discuss the general topic. Okay. So the first one says, hi, I'd really love you guys to talk about sex and relationships since I'm struggling with that right now. Trying to combat those feelings and desires. I'm sure you have spoken about relationships in other podcasts. I'm a newbie, lol. But in that light more, <laughs> but in that light more so about sex. Thank you for what you guys do on the podcast. I found you guys today and it helped me get through a wave of guilt that got me today. Aww. Thank you for sending that. Thank the you. next question is, hi ladies. A dilemma that I am currently facing is my desire for physical intimacy. I'm 22 and have never been intimate with anyone as I want to wait for the man God has for me. However, recently I found myself in a situationship with this guy I met and there came a point where I could have gotten intimate with him. But in my heart, I knew I would be letting both myself and God down. This guy and I are no longer talking as we both wanted different things, but that didn't eliminate the desire of me wanting to experience that with someone. I find that the more I try to repress it and not think about it, the more it builds up. And in all honesty, I've become quite sexually frustrated and don't know how to shift that energy into something that can honour God. Thank you for sending that. And that, yeah. Mm, thank you and for the last question thank you for sharing. is, I'm trying to navigate the line between music that is, I'm trying to navigate the line that is, I don't know why my reading is bad. Okay. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to navigate <laughs> no, the line between music that is unhelpful and helpful. I'm a fan of some R&B, which is characteristically sexual. I've heard talks about swearing in music, but not much guidance on where that line is. It's something I've really struggled with. I love some scissor, some walker, based height, and so I'm just wondering where that line is. You guys are really doing a good thing. Your podcast has shed light and given time to some really relevant issues which I found hard to navigate. So thank you. Thank you, girl. Oh, Aww, thank, thank you. you. And thank you for the question. That was a mouthful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I have a great reading. No, shout out I for that reading. It was great. <laughs> Should we go in order? Yeah, sure. The first one was about um no the one we asked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh the em the email. Uh -huh. Relationships. Trying to combat yeah. feelings and desires. The I mean, I feel like that two. can basically go in with the one about um the, the desire 20... for physical yeah. intimacy. Uh-huh. Um I'm gonna like approach this from a slightly different angle because I'm sure some of you guys like you guys will talk about sex more directly but like just thinking about the the topic of desire mm. one thing which i've really been introspective about recently is 
firstly, let me just say this. We all have these desires. Right. Women mm-hmm. of a certain age, we all feel this type of way at different times. Other times more strongly than others. Sometimes certain people act, sometimes people don't. But just know that you're not alone. And yeah. I don't want you to feel any guilt, shame, embarrassed about the way that you're feeling. Because I think often, like, as young women growing up in the church, the narrative that we're kind of taught is... Um, sex and everything surrounding it is bad until you get to the point of marriage so just don't even (laughs) think about it don't even breathe in it like don't do anything and we've spoken a bit about this in our purity culture episode Mm. if you wind it all the way back to season two i think (laughs) the episode is called g and sweet um yes (laughs) yes sex and purity culture something like that but i think in that episode we kind of elaborated more on the kind of organizational um I guess you could say like religious aspects Mm -hmm. of purity culture and the flaws with that. Um, But anyways, back to this idea of desire. I realized that oftentimes my desire for men, my desire to be liked comes from issues of Mm -hmm. desirability that I had growing up. And I think disclaimer, all of us are dark skinned women All of us grew up in predominantly white areas, pretty much. And I think those things inadvertently contributed to us. I'm not, Mm. let me, not even us, let me say me. (laughs) Those things contributed to me growing up feeling extremely undesirable and attractive. I've always been bigger as well. So I think when I first came to university and I realized, ooh, it's black men in this society, black men who like black women, Okay, some people like the legs and hips and body, body, body. body. I think it was just kind of, for me, a hyper-focus on people that made me feel like I was finally making up for all of that lost time, all of that lost Mm. desire. And I think that has contributed to me having a, just kind of a hyper-focus on guys and having male attention and those things. And I think those things can seep into this desire for physical intimacy because ultimately i recognize that most of the times Mm. what i want is just to be wanted and to feel pretty to feel like i'm liked to feel like wow like i'm having this effect on somebody else Mm. and i think i I don't think i can necessarily blame myself for feeling that way because like i said and maybe you guys are able to relate it's hard especially when our society is so centered on women's bodies and desirability to have grown up not feeling any of that you really just feel like a dud and so when you finally get that it's like girl i want it all like purr i think one thing i'm really working on right now and i have to say it's very much a whip hashtag work in progress is trying to feel the desire i have to be desired by men with something else a different type of validation a desire to be desired by God. And I know it like, I sound so freaking Christianese right now, like, oh, replace that desire. And it's so hard, but I think for me, it's about understanding that my self-worth isn't wrapped up in what Mm. I look like or other people lusting for me, that it comes from something much deeper, much purer, much, much more loving than that. Mm. And, And it's not a thing like, it's not bad to like, be sexually attracted to people it's not bad to want to feel like you're pretty but i think it's bad when your kind of whole 
drive comes from mm. being seen in a particular way. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I think that's really that was really beautiful. And Gross. honest. Yeah, <laughs> I hope my mama don't listen to this. Oh. <laughs> um I think uh, going along with what Wanifa said, I'll keep my answer really, my response really brief. Mm-hmm. I think sexual desire is natural. And as we've been alluded to in our purity culture, unfortunately, Christianity in general has not, or like not Christianity because it's, we shouldn't blame God for the issues that we bring to the table as humans. Oh, word. But humans in general and the patriarch and all the rest of it have afforded women minimal sexual agency. So it's really kind of mm. icky to talk about like, oh, I want to have sex, and I'm a girl. It's like, oh, what do you mean? Like, are you a Jezebel? Do you know what I mean? Yes. It, it very much gives that type of energy, but having sexual desire is so natural, and you should, like, we should totally be intentional about stigmatizing shame around um, sexual desire. I think you said something, again, in your question about repression. I just want to get that. Uh, I can't see it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? She said that she represses it, and she gets um, uh, sexually frustrated. Oh, struggling to, to combat. Yes, mm. that's the one. Sorry, yeah. I don't think repression is perhaps the best thing because your your body is experiencing something that's natural. And as Winipa alluded to, like mm-hmm. as women, I'm assuming it's a babe who wrote this. <laughs> yeah, it is a babe. As women, like our hormones have like a really big impact on us on like our cycle or like yeah our cycle if you're a person with a womb like your cycle mm-hmm. is gonna impact your sexual drive and all the rest of that like without trying to be too detailed because <laughs> that's not even my area of expertise anyway so i think you shouldn't try to re- repress like what your body is naturally doing like there's a reason your body's like you need to have make a baby right this second when you're like about to be on your cycle like that's just the way that like god made us you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's okay um but i think in that regard i and sort of channeling what you understand to be or you experience to be sexual frustration to like an opportunity to be honest or more honest or more vulnerable with God I feel like sometimes at least for me like again because like we deal with this whole thing of like oh girls and sex like it's a bit icky like no you're not supposed to be thinking about that like it's very much like mm. a, that's a man's thing like those are the, that's what the I was about to say something mm-hmm. so crazy that's what the boys talk about um <laughs> That's what the boys talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the guys talk about. Like girls talk about. Mm -hmm. about, We talk about like being Proverbs thirty-one and being like (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Rubbish. And all this other Mm. interesting topics for this day and age. Um, (laughs) But I think you should just channel. I try to be honest, like when I feel I'm in that frame of mind or when I have felt like, I'm like, okay, God, so you know what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what are we going to do about this? And <laughs> I think sometimes for me, it comes down to like me being a bit honest. Like, let me be for real. I love me some brandy. I love me a little bit of R&B. But there's sometimes I'm like, mm, I can't listen to this album too much. Brandy, what's that album called? Um, I, you know, I shouldn't even say the album before you go listen to it if you like this. No, for real, like, um, like our pod mentioned this album. They recommended this album, so Imagine. there's one brandy album from the early 2000s song <laughs> called. I'm not even gonna say what the song is called, but it literally goes like, "Please touch me." Beautiful, like sonically gorgeous. 
but the lyrics, please touch me like this. I want you like this. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna be helping me in the late night hour. It's At not all. helping me. At all. <laughs> so At I think all. for me, a little bit of time to be honest and be like, this mm. is not what I'm listening to. What am I watching? You know, things mm. nowadays on the telly are not too PG. It's giving soft porn. So it's just like, you know, if you can't watch an episode or two of your favorite show because the images that remain in your mind, even if you're not a visual person, don't help you when you are, for lack Steaming. of a better word, yeah, roasting, uh, then I think you will. Turn. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm not serious. <laughs> I think it's really important to like, and maybe some for some people it's a little bit, that's a little bit uncomfortable, but I don't know. I feel like it's better for me to like super safeguard myself, even if I don't see myself as like, ragingly sexual just so that i'm yeah just so that i put the right measures in place not because sex is a bad thing but as you said if you don't want to or somebody said in another question if you don't want to disappoint yourself or god um or let yourself or god down then i think doing things that are preventative as opposed to like trying to combat Mm. your feelings helps Mm. at least it has helped for and it's kind of, sorry, just to touch on that point, it's kind of like what we talked about in relation to the period question. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a difference between acknowledging your feelings and letting them rule you. Like, you can't ignore the fact that you feel that way, but you don't need to, like, give into that feeling and be like, I'm in the mood for something and let me just <laughs> indulge those desires. You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I actually... Sorry, I was going to ask another question, but not from the thing. Oh, you can ask. I can. Like, to you guys. Oh. Um, what do you guys think about... Obviously, none of us can speak on this per se, but I do remember glancing at a question either here or in our DMs, which was asking about advice for people who have had sex before. Yeah, someone just asked that, I think. This was in the question. Was this in this question? Yeah, yeah that's they said the she next was, Did I read it? No, sorry. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, the, 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 the one the we read question. was like, oh, I've never been intimate. But I think that maybe it would help if we kind of tied this into this because I think, you know, having this conversation with friends and different people, they're kind of like, this is all good and well, but none of y'all have tasted the cookie. So how do you even know, like, how hard it is to resist it? You know what I mean? <laughs> That is the cookie situation. That's so funny to me. I'm sorry. You, you know what? Fair. Like, maybe we <laughs> smelt it outside the shop window, but we didn't take the bite yet. So, what do you... I mean, obviously, like, our inexperience negates the... <laughs> you know... <laughs> I get your negates, question. I get your question. Yeah. Um. Someone asked that. I think that was a question. Someone said, purity culture, like, this is their dilemma trying to I guess like engage with purity culture at least the helpful parts of it um as a Christian who has had sex before and um other things along those lines um again I think our own experience sort of makes this a bit of a tricky question but I think for me in terms of like I'm trying to think of like an analogy that I can use in my life that is not necessarily sexual related because I don't I'm not sexually active um okay sorry guys forgive me for how sort of juvenile this is but i have an I obsession about to say yeah you do <laughs> I have, yeah <laughs> and you <laughs> i have an obsession well you know i am recovering from my obsession with crumble cookie recovering 
I am, I am. You know, I limit myself to once a week. I didn't even have it this week because they made it raw. And I wasn't going to go to my, another crumble to have and make it right. So I was like, I'm just going to skip this week. No crumble cookies. I have it I'm once proud. a week on a Friday. I'm proud of you. Thank you, thank you. Grown. Um, <laughs> um, on a more serious note, I have such a sweet tooth. And I love this franchise called Crumble Cookie. But I realized that it was becoming an addiction. Not even a sen- in, in the sense of like, <laughs> oh, MG, I can't live without it. I was just like... This is just too much sugar for me to intake as like an adult. Like, let me be reasonable. I'm not five years old. Let me have dis- some discipline. And one thing that I noticed was like, crumble cookie was like my crutch. So, like, had a tough week. Crumble cookie, bored. Mm. Crumble cookie. Need to nap, but know that napping will mess up my schedule. So I need to go do something. Crumble cookie. And I don't mean to make light of like what sex is and like the impact it has on like your emotions that you feel towards your partner and how you feel within yourself. But I think identifying a little bit. Um, triggers is not the right word because desiring sex is not a bad thing but identifying like the atmospheres um, beyond like sort of bodily things that like remind you of sexual activity or get you Mm. in that type of mood is really important Um, again and I feel like this is super juvenile this is how my parents raised my sister and I they were very much like (laughs) we don't watch no shows that have boyfriend and girlfriend in it like their whole episodes I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this their whole episodes of like really basic shows like Hannah Montana that I just have never seen in my life because my parents just did not play with that like they were like boyfriend and girlfriend what like you're five and three years old there's no boyfriend and girlfriend here so i think like taking that which is a little bit extreme to some extent and making it personal to your adult life is kind of important like if there's some things if it's like a music that you and your partner used to listen to while y'all was knocking them boots (laughs) right knocking them boots (laughs) they maybe you need to like Hmm. rescind that from your rotation for a little bit if there's a show that you know great show stellar acting but them scenes be a little too rated Romping. r right just kind of and i again i don't really mean i don't mean to be reductive and as we keep on saying like our lack of experience probably makes it sound so but i really think at least for me for someone who's not sexually active and never has been but still a human and still a girl like who still has a like desires like everybody else recognizing where those things how those things can help me has helped me and i can imagine mm. that it might be a bit more extreme or a bit more intense rather for someone who is sexually active or who has been rather but i, I i'm trying to say that there may be some transferability between those mm. those two experiences i think mm. from like all the questions that have been asked and renita's question as well it's you can't really eliminate the desires. I think one of the questions was like, oh, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it didn't eliminate the desires. I mean, the first question was something about um, like she can't combat those feelings of desires. I think if you address it that way, it's like it is a natural phenomenon. Like your body wants to make children. Um, I think in addition to what the girls have said, is important mm-hmm. to. I guess lay boundaries for yourself. We mentioned that we're not sexually active, but then mm. when we do have like boyfriends or are in relationships or in close proximity, there, there will be temptations at times. So it's just better to lay the boundaries ahead of time mm. so that it isn't when you get to that situation that right. you like, have to make a decision at that point. If you already made the decision beforehand right. and decide, I would leave my boyfriend's house at this time, or if this happens, then this would be my reaction. I think, obviously it'll still be hard, but 
it'll be a little bit easier to convince yourself in that time like this is what I've decided to do previously and I've written it down or I've mm. meditated on it so it'll be easier to follow through Mm. sorry i just need to remind aunt of even something she said a while ago that has been like i just i will never forget it she said like the importance of recognizing there's a thing called decision fatigue i have never ever i was just that. thinking that <laughs> i was just thinking that like For i don't us. know what episode it was in but uh, can you please summarize it because mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it is, what you did but it's so good it's, the more decisions you have to make in a day the more tired you get so if you think about someone who wants to lose weight and they've decided that, so in, mm. most people, they'll just be like, I don't want to eat this and this and this. But if someone keeps approaching you with like chocolates throughout the day, the more times you say no, the more tired you will be. So, but if I, from the start, I've made the decision, my house will have no chocolate in it, then I have less decisions to make each day. So that if someone asks me a decision, that if someone offers me chocolate at the end of the day, it'll be easier for me to say no because I haven't been struggling saying no throughout the day. So that aspect is just easier for you to make the decisions. Yeah, it's just easier to make, yeah, like make it a systematic thing instead of a manual. Mm -hmm. Mm. No, genuinely, serious words there. Right, I love that. And I think as well, I think part of it, because that, that, the question about somebody who's been sexually active before was framed in the context of how do I approach the good aspects of purity culture as somebody who's had sex before? And I think it, emphasis on good aspects. I think it's important because there might be other people who are just encountering purity culture for the first time and being bombarded with all sorts of things that we've already spoken about. But I think kind of reframing... Um, which is the Absolute. non-permanent one? Abstinence or celibacy? Abstinence. Uh, like, reframing abstinence, like, not as something of that you should do out of shame or guilt mm-hmm. or as a punishment or because God is angry with you or what you used to do, but, like, understanding that mm-hmm. sex was created by God and is ultimately a good thing to be enjoyed in the yeah. context that, like, mm-hmm. the creator created it. And so not to think about it as something like I'm depriving my body of this thing because I'm fundamentally bad. It's kind of like I'm waiting to do this in the context that God made it so that I can enjoy it to its fullest, I guess. And again, definitely took that from a YouTube video because like I said, (laughs) I ate the cookie. But that was coming from people who who were old. So I'm I'm guessing they have have two kids that they must have. So... (laughs) Sorry, I have something really, like, I have a question to ask you guys after this that's really unrelated. No, go ahead. I'm done. I just wanted to say, like, I saw this TikTok a while ago. He was like, that was, like, the most embarrassing thing is, like, walking around pregnant or walking around with a baby. Because it's just, like, every... (laughs) I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, I am going to be so shy when I tell my parents that I'm pregnant. Right. Because it's then, obviously, it's kind of like, so we know what you were doing last week. Like, that's so freaking awkward, man. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. I remember one of my friends, Hannah, if you're listening to this, love you, Han. She was like, her worst, like, one of the things that keeps her up at night is like the idea of like having her kiss at her wedding. Like, 
Just everybody watching her kiss her. Partner. We were just talking about this, like me and Rudo were discussing, like, because I don't know if you guys saw this video of this like yeah, Nigerian wedding, and the couple were <laughs> lip sync. When I tell you lip sync, like tongue it, and I just thought I can oh, barely like. I can barely give my man a peck in front of my dad, let alone Frontal do all hug. that that was safe. <laughs> it's gonna for me. It's gonna be a side hug. Like there's one shoulder, like hi. When you hi. greet somebody that you haven't seen from uni in a while, like oh hi. That's what my kiss is gonna be like. None of that tongue. <laughs> I'm shy. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. That made me laugh. Sorry. Okay, the very last question for today's episode. I am so torn with this in my friendship group of three. They are both in relationships and are settling, I'm assuming babe wanted to say. One of them has been dating for two months and are already planning to get married in the next year, she says, in parentheses, not engaged yet. Her main reasoning was to have sex. My other friend was talking to me about it and was very critical about getting married so soon. She said that she has sex and is not planning and is not planning on marriage within another couple of years. I, the person who's writing this, am not in a relationship and I am torn on what to think. I think both of what they're doing is not what God has called us to do. How do you think I should support both of them as we are all Christians? Madeline. Can I preface before we get into any of this? I think like it's always tricky when you're asking questions in relation to your own interactions with other people because ultimately, like you said, you're all Christians. So Mm -hmm. that means they each have their own personal relationship with God. So I just want to like basically give a caveat to anything we're saying is that their spiritual life as much as you are there to build up your sisters in christ and to pray for them and support them the decisions they make like you can't take pills for their headaches Mm -hmm. so do what you can and be a good friend but don't feel like whatever they get into is your fault Mm -hmm. or like you should have stopped them or you should Mm -hmm. their walk is personal and will take its own journey just like everyone's does Okay, me personally, the babe who says she wants to get married next year, if I was the friend, I'd be like, okay, darling. Uh, but you know, like a marriage is more than, of course, you know, marriage is more than sex. But like, so like, I'd be like, have you considered like pre Like, I'll be encouraging her like, sure, like, okay. But have you considered premarital counselling? And hoping that the counselling <laughs> will illuminate some things that they have to work on. Like, so serious mm. i'm being so so unbelievably serious no like, like do you know a mortgages babies, right baby's talking about getting married like huh mm-hmm. like that's not a bad thing maybe they are ready to get married but i think beyond thinking about the physical aspect they need to have if it won't be me because no one will say that <laughs> try to ruin Facts. Marriage or, <laughs> Facts. But your external party that you hire or that you know to your church or whatever will give a provide mm-hmm. their sort of like expertise on like young couples young marriages and inviting you to think inviting the both of them to think about questions that go beyond the physical aspect because as Winifa just said mortgage hmm like how you guys pay your bills how you want to raise your children what are your expectations of families where are vacations spent where are you living if one of you wants to go back to school what's happening all the if and but whens that have to be considered when you're joining your life to somebody I think is really important and I think when those things come to the fore yeah you might still want to like knock them boots but them other things will probably shift some things mm-hmm. makes put some things into perspective if mm. um if they are rushing into it which um only really they know mm. as and for just, the friend who's sorry babe continue i was just gonna say like and this is stepping out of the shoes of the girl asking the question but speaking to the friend who the question is about 
darling it's actually not worth it like if you're not ready to get married marriage is meant to be a lifetime commitment for for 10 minutes of enjoyment 10 minutes of pleasure baby please (laughs) please darling just like this is not doubting the the validity of your relationship but the question did say they've been together for two months and i'm gonna assume just from our statistics that that person is probably a, a little bit younger than us if not our age so I just uh, <laughs> guys please mm-hmm. you have your whole life ahead of you and not even in a bad way like I'm not even trying to sound like one of them people but it's just like be like there are many things you need to consider beyond this mm. this man this, not to say that mm. he might be not be your man but beyond this man and the emotion that you feel right now there are so many other things to consider about your life in the broadest sense Yeah. Mm. so make sure that you're considering that before yeah. you're thinking about engagement and marriage. Not to say that you can't get married young and grow. I love what I see that happens and it works. You for absolutely I just feel so can. Pleased. Yeah. But I think I I would just urge that person to to really meditate on what the basis is of that marriage and really just like really mm-hmm. like we say all the time, take it to God. Mm-hmm. Just really ask God because it's so much that goes into that decision. Right. People always say love doesn't sustain mm-hmm. a marriage, which is so true, but neither does sex. So I'm just gonna oh. If love doesn't sustain a marriage, much less the sex, I'm telling you now. Much less. <laughs> now, for the other friend, this one to me is so tricky. Like, I'd rather <laughs> never speak on this in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah, saw something same. on TikTok and it was like, <laughs> it's not sex without, um, it's not sex before marriage if you don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, honey. That's so funny. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Do you know what? Let me be honest. I think both of the friends, in my opinion, both of the friends that you are talking about, the person who wrote this in, are both valid and potentially wrong in their own right. I don't mm. think one of them mm. is being wiser or less wise than, the, than other. the other. I think that's really important to say. In this particular situation, I think it's they're approaching things. If okay, if it was me, if I was the person who was sleeping with their partner um, and wants to get married to them but not soon, my reasoning, if I was putting myself in their shoes, my reasoning would be like the things that I want to accomplish and get done, and just things that I want to have in order before I get married to this person. Um, but I still want us to be able to enjoy, like, the fullness of our relationship. And so that's why we're sleeping together. Not because, like, we don't want to honor God, but it's just, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of moving parts here. And so it's, like, I'd rather get, because I know marriage is such a deep thing. I'd rather, like, mm-hmm. have things in order and make sure that I'm ready and then get married as opposed to feeling like I'm a bit rushed and then being, like, I was rushed. I'm sleeping with my partner, but I'd rather have delayed things. So I totally get that line of thinking. However, one thing that I'm learning personally is that, like, control can't be my peace. I've said this before. And I can't, like, wait for my wait to be comfortable mm. with things in order to do them correctly. Mm. Um, and I say all of that to say, like, how people feel about premarital sex or sleeping with their partner as Christians. I think, like, it's a lot more common than most people care to admit. But I think it's worth considering if the reason 
that you, how do I word this? I'm trying to think of how to word this. I think it's worth considering how, not how deeply you feel about the part you're part of. That's what I'm trying, that's not what I'm trying to say. Basically, what I'm just trying to say is I think it's worth considering the the importance you give, you have for like the whole idea about sexual purity and how that impacts your relationship and whether you think there's like areas for compromise so mm. that you guys are both honoring God in the way that you believe God should be honored, but also like being true to yourselves. And like, just as we said with the babe, like I would, the other babe, I would say, babe, go to premarital counseling and like, go get your affairs in order. I think there's, and like that could potentially be a compromise for them if they do genuinely want to get married so young, then they should like put the fine, like put their money where their mouth is, like put the finances mm. in order, mm. go and invest mm. in your marriage. I do the same thing, like, okay, so we love each other and we'd ideally like to get married in X amount of years. But if we now have this understanding, if you do get to the understanding that you believe like sex is a thing that should be reserved for marriage, then it's like, what are your compromises then for yourselves as individuals? Like, does that mean that, yeah, we might not be able to buy our, like if you wanted to get married, buy a home, like follow a specific sequence, get married, buy a home, have kids, or get married, I don't know, buy a home, pay, like get an investment property, whatever your sequence of events is in your head, I think it might be worth considering rearranging those. Not so that you make allowances for God, but that so you're able to honor God with your relationship mm. and with your body. Um, if you do have that revelation of sex before marriage, I hope what I said makes sense. Just finding compromises that like honor God for both situations. I really hope what I said makes sense. But like, what would be a compromise for the the second friend? Oh, that's what I mean. Like, so for example, for me, if I was like, oh, I want to have enough money to, if I was in their shoes, and the reason I wanted to get married later was that I so that I had my, I feel like I had more affairs in order. So maybe for me, that means like I would have gone to grad school. I do have my own property, um, stuff like that, that takes time and mm-hmm. takes like a bit of finances. Maybe one of those things you got to do right. together. Do you know what I mean? So right. like the three year timeline is a year and a half. If you are ready for marriage, I mean, right. Like, do you know right. what I mean? Like that's a compromise. So you're saying if the reason like they are having sex right now is because it's kind of like we're gonna get married but just now isn't the right time it's kind of like maybe let's rearrange our timeline so that we can do this okay okay Mm -hmm. i get you i get you but that's only if it if that's if that's the reason yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because me i don't know any i don't know any other thing it, it's really hard and to be honest with the friend I can see why she, I can understand her sort of like not frustration but the difficulty that she's having because I think like friendships are such a tricky thing to navigate and I think you like I always have this like very present fear in my head like oh gosh I don't want to come across as like judgmental I don't want to mm-hmm. like impose on anybody um I don't have a solution, just mm-hmm. acknowledging that that is a legitimate mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But I think, ultimately, I mean, th- this may sound like, oh, sorry, let me not peel this in front of the mic, that's giving ASMR. Ultimately, like, one thing that we always do come back to on the podcast is that, like, as much as you care for your friend, and I can see that you're asking these questions because you want them to grow spiritually and you, you know 
want to advise mm. them in a way that draws them closer to God. I think just remembering, like we read in Psalms 139, like God cares for your friends more than you even care for them, yeah. probably yeah. even more than you care for yourself. So I think like it never forget to just go back to the fundamentals, like pray for them, pray for God to intervene in the situation, to touch their hearts and like mm. trust that he'll do the rest. And whether their solutions or um destinations look like what you thought they would whether they don't just trust that like god is still in control and it might not be that they're making the right decision or what you see to be the right decision right now but like also trust that god has enough grace for the both of them enough grace for you as well and that like even though you might think oh gosh ah, can't they see what they're doing Ah, it's kind of like just give their journey time you know things will just work like i know it's hard to say that but like ultimately god is in control and he doesn't want to see them go astray right right does does that conclude the epichala i think it does so guys thank you so much for listening to this episode as we said, we know that like the podcast is going through a period of change right now in terms of the frequency of our episodes and just in terms of us working out how to be proper adults. But thank you so much for the grace that you've given us and for continually showing us support. Just a note and a reminder that we're no longer taking um, personal dilemmas through our DMs just because as you've heard today, like we get so many through the Google form and it's really hard for us to get through all of them on an individual level and we really would rather approach them in episodes when we have the time to to think and pray and meditate on the things that you ask rather than us just like being like anyways I think this and then just giving random ungodly advice (laughs) um we will see you next time we'll be back answering more of your questions so please keep sending them into the google form we see them and we are responding to them slowly um as always you can keep up with us on all our social media our main platform is instagram hashtag i'll be so real we don't really use our others that much but definitely follow us on instagram that's the main place where we get where we give our updates and until next time we pray that you guys have a blessed week (laughs) a blessed two weeks however long it is god be with y'all we love you so much